Greetings Fruits and welcome to part 2 of our recap of the most significant episode and the longest chatter yet on We Are All Fruit, a League of Their Own podcast. Chatter or chowder? Oh, gosh. oh my god. Back gosh. to that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we are now at the Peaches Games montage. We see some dynamic duo plays from DeLuca and Gil. We cut to Shirley's motivational speech. We're strong. We're courageous on the field. We're not afraid of the innovant. I can't say it. Also, they struggle with saying it. You can see Greta's face trying to say, we're not afraid of the inevitability of death. And she's very confused. I love that they show us all their, their rally speeches. Uh-huh. Carson's kissing Joe's arm. They're on a 920 hot streak. Alan is excited. The team was advancing in the league. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Joe is batting 9 for 20, not the team. The team is not 9 for 20. So Joe's hot streak is almost, she's batting 500, almost. Just so you know. Baseball stats. Okay. I don't understand what that means. Or Carson. I that was Carson, not Joe. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah Carson. <laughs> it's a hot streak, yo. Okay. Okay. Joe's, but it's Joe's hot streak. Whatever. I thought it was Carson's. Spend 15 no, seconds. I think it was Carson. It was Car- He's talking about Carson's on a hot streak. Yeah. Yeah. Probably because she's so, yeah. getting, you know. There's no way. Hot. Joe is a better. It was Carson's hot streak. But they're talking about Carson there. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is Carson. We watched this like 10 minutes before we recorded. You watched this episode a month ago. I watched it last night. Okay. okay. I always rewatch the day before. Dissension, wow. fruit dissension <laughs> does not matter at all. It's going to be so much cutting and editing. I'm going to be here through Wednesday. <laughs> oh, God. Esty gives her a speech and it's so funny. She goes, I came from very far away to play here. Even though you ignore me and make me feel like a ghost, you, me, are peaches. And we're going to win this game. We're going to win. Oh, it's so cute. She's saying it all I in love- Spanish and no- nobody understands her except for Lupe. Mm-hmm. And, and Lupe's Carson- actually impressed. Yeah. yeah. It's like her face. She's like really like almost squinting. Like I, I could feel your fire. Uh-huh. I don't know what you're saying. Uh-huh. Interesting, they also give Terry um, a speech mm-hmm. here instead of someone like Joe. Who didn't get a speech? Joe. Joe doesn't do a speech, yeah. So mm-hmm. that was just interesting. Jess, for her speech, simply screams, let's fucking go. Yeah. I love it. It's <laughs> do you think speech. that they got to write their own speech? I feel like the actors got to put in a little bit of their personality and be like, and maybe someone was just like, that's really funny. Mm-hmm. You get to do the speech then. They all got to write a little speech and they chose mm-hmm. whoever had the most, you know, comically. Maybe. Who knows? Superior one. I don't know. So for Joe's, yeah, instead of her speech, everybody just has to kiss her arm. <laughs> and then Greta kisses her on the lips and gives I, her a sweet hug. It's so I would cute. love to know if that kiss on the lips was scripted. I feel like that wasn't. Her reaction it wasn't, looked yeah. so genuine. Like... <laughs> so cute and almost out of not out of character but almost out of place like at that time you wouldn't want to just be kissing girls on the lips in front of everyone else I don't know we've talked about this before I think it's because they're so clearly best friends Mm -hmm. that it's not at all suspicious huh all right well I don't think that reads as gay yeah and I highly recommend kissing your friends on the 
I mouth. disagree. <laughs> I, I disagree. Same. I'm with in a non-creepy way, it can be adorable. Not the mouth, the face. You won't even oh, hug me. Whatever. Forget about kissing. <laughs> like you oh, literally hate no. when I hug you. <laughs> That's not true. I like hugs, and I go through phases when I am more or less intimate with certain friends physically. Whatever. Let's not psychoanalyze me. <laughs> I truly had to ask you if you wanted a hug before you went in for surgery. I was like, do you want a hug? And you're like, you thought about it. And you're like, uh, okay. Here's what it is. If I don't, a lot of my friends are, as you are right now, away. I think it's weird to constantly hug people that live in the same city as you are. <laughs> like, if we see each other every day, there's something strange about always hugging. But mm. if we don't see each other for a while, then a hug and maybe a kiss is appropriate. I have like this weird thing in my, like there's a system in my weird brain about <laughs> Wow, this. yeah. Okay, I want to hug everybody Very all the time always because I'm Italian and I want to kiss mm-hmm. no one except okay. for Crystal. <laughs> okay. Great. And Dottie. Okay, go on. Carson has a cool moment of tagging a racing player out on home. And Lupe hugs her. We see that they're actually finally really coming together and becoming close. It took them a while to get there. Yeah. But also, um, Carson tagging that person out. This person, like, charged her. They, like, collide. And Carson, they're not sure if she dropped the baseball or not. She holds it up. She did not drop it. That is such a movie reference of, like, the now infamous scene in the movie where there's much debate around did Dottie drop the ball on purpose or not? And I love yeah. that Carson's like, she held on to that fucking ball. There's no, uh, no debating that, that script a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which I think is great. I would love to do a recap of the movie with you guys so we can talk about it more later, but I would love to that talk would about be really fun. The movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also throughout this montage, they're showing uh, newspaper clippings and the stories in them about the peaches and the stories are getting bigger. At first it was like a little tiny square on the front page mm-hmm. and then it was a bigger story. And then the last one they show there, the headline, like the war is second fiddle to how <laughs> hot the peaches are doing right now. <laughs> also I discovered yesterday that all of the text in those newspapers is completely like gobbledygook. Like really? Auto-generated. Yeah. It'll be like tears condition of near far East. What? No way. Oh yeah, my gosh. Yeah. You can, I, I tweeted about it. You can look, you can zoom into the, the headlines make sense, right? Yeah. And the photos do. But then if you look at the actual newspaper text, it's like, they just plugged it into some. That's pretty crazy thing. given mm-hmm. our culture of analyzing every Pause. frame right, of everything right. now. That's really interesting that they let that slide. <laughs> After the awesome montage scene and all their speeches and, everything i can't believe susanna wants me to talk about this scene i feel like you should take this scene first of all this is not proprietary <laughs> secondly i just i usually go like well cat gets all the baseball because i don't know what a hot streak is but then i just go in order like i go crystal cat me crystal cat. i don't like sit there over analyzing who should take the pizza date scene oh I thought you'd want to talk about this because this is like your dream date with Greta. (laughs) Mm. But also I am surprised that I didn't get this one considering how much I love pizza. Hmm. We have eaten so much pizza. We've cried over pizza. 
definitely in, cried into over pizza, pizza. <laughs> about pizza. <laughs> Kat Pizza's has a, a history of crying with me. Like we'll talk and she'll start crying. And we're usually eating. The first time it happened was like we were eating that giant burrito in L.A. Mm-hmm. Remember that burrito like a baby's arm? I do. Yeah. And then uh-huh. it was pizza. And then I made you cry at a Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Yep. It's, it's this is not pizza you at your house. Cry. Yeah, true. Yeah, no, I don't, don't just make cat cry, which is why they moved away. <laughs> I think what, I mean, what that shows, not to get like really sentimental about you and I, but I feel really comfortable with you and you bring out something mm-hmm. in me where I feel very safe telling mm-hmm. you exactly how I'm feeling. And yeah, I think that's it's pretty adorable. Pretty amazing. That's why we've been friends for so long. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. Well, what's we're we're at Carson and Greta's pizza date is what all this <laughs> is has been about. And Carson is having pizza for the very first time and her mind is rightfully blown. As we just discussed, pizza we all pizza is very important to all of us. <laughs> I also this has been a, a long time mantra of mine, and that is that all the best food in life is in triangle shape pizza pie pussy <laughs> this is the what how, when did you plan this and, and how do you feel now about yourself i'm actually freaking out right now that you just said that <laughs> i didn't plan it this is just a thing that i've said forever it's i'm telling so. you all the greatest things in life are triangle shape just saying wow and they I'm, all begin with p that's so upsetting. Oh my god, they do. Wow. Yeah. It's all making sense. <laughs> <sighs> There's only two more episodes. I think I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, okay. So we should mention it might it might seem weird that Carson has never had pizza and that Greta says she only had it for the first time last. Who did she go by the way last week for the first time? Joe probably. Probably Joe. Uh, but it, it's true. So it, it feels weird to us because pizza is such a part of American culture now. But it was mostly really confined to those East Coast Italian neighborhoods through most of the 20th century. And only after the war, when the soldiers who actually went to fight the Italians seemed to enjoy some pizza did it become <laughs> they they brought back you know the news of how great it is and it became the staple food that we know it as now as michael scott would say pizza is the great equalizer <laughs> <laughs> i love that we just did a history corner on pizza how wonderful <laughs> okay in all seriousness this this scene is actually super adorable they're having their first date which is amazing they've been like intimate for you know months now but you don't get to date in the same way that we do now. And they're having like... So you are persuaded now that it has been months? <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to comment an hour and a half. Months, but <laughs> yes, All right. I'm persuaded. <laughs> they're having this this first like legit date. And it's funny because the, the twins that were at the gay bar are mm-hmm. working at this pizza restaurant and they send over two little like vodka shots presumably mm-hmm. <laughs> to the table because they're fans they like wave hey Carson mm-hmm. <laughs> Carson asks if Greta will come back to the league next season they get a little real here 
And Greta's like, well, it depends on how well, you know, me and Joey do out West. And she might be a huge movie star by mm-hmm. then. And they have this adorable exchange. She's like, I would never be able to come into a place like this if I was a movie <laughs> star. And Carson's like, well, yeah, you'd get mobbed. I'd mob you. <laughs> She's like, so I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so playful. And you have a short amount of time. You have eight episodes and you've got these characters. So when they do have these quiet moments, they do get to kind of the nuts and bolts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you going to come back? Uh, what if I went to California? What if I stayed? Mm-hmm. What, they're asking mm-hmm. the questions or, you know, you wish you had more time to have kind of fluff, but every mm-hmm. time those two are together alone, it's a lot mm-hmm. is progressing with their storyline and a lot is, is getting found out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fluff is great. It's, they have a really good, just acting chemistry together. It's yeah, mm-hmm. it's very nice. And Greta like touches her dimple and just says dimple. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. <laughs> also, I want to mention that Greta is a master of sustained eye contact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very sexy. Like most people when they're talking, you know, they look down, you look around, you don't, you don't hold eye contact with people the entire time you're talking God, to them. That's interesting. Greta does not Almost- look away from her. It's so awesome <laughs> well you do though when you're trying to sleep with somebody or maybe i do <laughs> <laughs> no i that's valid it's really yeah, there's something yeah. very attractive of or that like intimidating stares it mm-hmm, is very mm-hmm. um alluring i guess <laughs> so people have told it. me i've made them feel shy like when i look at them adoringly for yeah. a sustained mm. period of time mm-hmm. i mean are they eating sausages while you do <laughs> they were not <laughs> I was actually staring seductively at the sausage they mistook it for a compliment <laughs> mm, sausage oh hot dating advice tips here from the mm-hmm. we are all fruit podcast I mean it's a good tip hold eye contact with the person you're yeah. interested in it is that's legit and then they bring up this <laughs> I, everyone's been here asking someone you're with if they want to have kids. <laughs> no comment. Oh, mm-hmm. it really sucks if one of you wants kids and one of you doesn't. That's, that's, I mean, that's a legit deal breaker for many people in life, but it's interesting. Carson is like, I don't want kids. The one that's married and Greta's like, Oh, I would like kids. I just don't want to keep a man. So we're talking about a different universe, which is really sad that you know Greta cannot have her perfect life that she wants it's it's a bit heartbreaking right she can't have pizza though Carson points out that um that they'll get more time together if they make it to the championships and very cutely asks or says proposes Mm -hmm. if we win the championship you have to come to the bar with me and Greta, uh, she has her, the look on her face here is really good. Like she's still worried, but she obviously still has her walls and her rules and she's concerned, but she's in love and she takes a minute, but then she's like, God, I love this person. Yes. I will come to the bar with you if we win the championship. She's like, you said it, (laughs) you said it over, over pizza. You can't take it back. (laughs) (laughs) 
this is a super brief scene, but we're back at Clance's house and Max finds a cute note from Clance with a comic of evil Dorothy, the villain. <laughs> Dorothy gave me an extra shift back late, Clance. And then Max unwraps that gift from Uncle Bert. She sees the suit and you can you can tell that she's having so many different mixed emotions. There's trepidation and she looks so hot in it. And I didn't catch it at first, but obviously she decides to not wear the jacket. Um, so she's, she's kind of making conscious decisions about how she wants to, to be in the world mm -hmm. and picking mm -hmm. parts of herself and parts of Bert. And it's, it's really an interesting evolution here for her. Mm -hmm. Another relatable scene, too, for probably a lot of people putting on clothes that you've maybe never worn before and feeling like, oh, this feels better. This feels more uh, natural to me or this makes me happier. I'm still... So, like, I buy most things online. I'm, a, I'm so intimidated of walking into, like, clothing Me stores too. and trying on men's stuff when I... Most people assume I'm a teenage boy, so that's an easy way in. <laughs> but then, like, you know, getting looks and changing rooms about the things you've picked out or, yeah, being misgendered in various ways. and mm -hmm. I feel the same way. I hate mm -hmm. shopping, and I, I feel like... I'm made to feel uncomfortable by looking yeah. at the clothes that I want to look at. It sucks. Mm -hmm. I found a nice um, tailor here that, you know, I bring all my like men's pants to him. Nice. And she's, she's very good about it. She makes me feel good. Oh, good on her. Mm -hmm. Even as a young age, I have actually a really cute story when I was very, very young. I mean, I was maybe like six or seven or eight out of something around there. And I actually had this little crush on this girl in my neighborhood. And I asked my mom if we could go shopping because I wanted to ask her out. My mom never said, no, you can't ask her out. She's a girl, nothing. And we went to the store. My mom used to dress me very girly, like, you know, ponytail. And like I was all like little cute shorts and skirts and dresses and everything. And we went shopping and all I remember, I don't remember the pants, but I got a, a green tie, like a mint green tie and a little beige vest. Oh, and, this yeah. is so cute. Holy and I asked the girl and she's girl. like, I know. And I was like, oh, do you want to like go on? A, I don't remember what it was like. Something like, just you want to go out on a date or whatever. And she's like, you're a girl. And like, oh. that was it. It was done. But I got a sweet tie and vest out of it. Yeah. Oh, this is so cute. Little eight-year-old baby gay cat asking another little mm -hmm. eight-year-old girl out. Getting yeah. shot down as that happens. <laughs> You're yeah. a girl. Oh, that's really cute. Mm -hmm. uh, so now we're here. Peaches versus <laughs> the Bells. Uh, so we, we come at toward the end of the game and Jess scores and the Peaches win. So they're still on their roll. They're still on their streak. Uh, and we get to a point where Max walks over to the field and finds Carson in the locker room. And the scene is actually really so telling and heartbreaking. She's like, you're here mm -hmm. alone. This person's left us. She counted everybody to make mm -hmm. sure mm -hmm. there were no other people because they couldn't fraternize, right? Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Carson's like, oh, do you want to like have a catch or whatever? She's like, oh, I'm not here for baseball. You know, I haven't even been pitching. 
and Carson compliments her haircut. I love that she mm-hmm. made a comment about it. It looks really good. And Max asks why Carson is alone. And she says she's trying to figure out the lineup. You know, it's really important. But she's like, forget about me. Like, what, what do you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. And this is great. We get to see Carson getting asked about Greta. This is her opening up the conversation mm-hmm. where Max wants to talk about her situation. But if she first asks Carson. She asked what it's like being with this woman. And Carson's like, well, with Greta. And it must have been so freeing for her to say that mm, name out loud. The name. The, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a man's name. It was Greta. And she said it with mm. like, wow. Like when she, when she said it, you could almost see her being like, God, I haven't said her name out loud mm-hmm. to anybody. So these two have this this moment where it's the best you could hope for at this time where mm-hmm. these two women who are have to be very safe and closeted get to talk about their their gayness their queerness mm-hmm. and she says that charlie it's nice and it's like <laughs> bread and max is like so like She's like warm bread, and Max is like so toast. So toast. <laughs> and that's my favorite word, by the way. Uh, oh my goodness! And, and Carson's like, no, no, no. I wouldn't say toast. Confirming. Let's not go that far. Yeah. <laughs> Just warm bread with butter. Right. <laughs> and she says it's nice, you know. I mean, but with her. And then it's like, have you ever had pizza? <laughs> and this is the thing where they're talking about kind of two different things, but also the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, wait, do you mean like metaphorically like pizza? Have you ever had pizza? Because I've had both pizza and <laughs> pizza. <laughs> and Max tells her, she tells her that, you know, when the first time she was with women, she was like 17, but that that woman kind of had expectations for her and, you know, didn't, she didn't really feel comfortable. She kind of wanted her to be more butch, I guess, for that other woman to Mm -hmm. feel safer, to be like, oh, you're dating someone that's sort of male presenting. So I don't know. Everyone just, Max is struggling because everyone wants her to be a certain way. And she Mm -hmm. is still trying to figure out the way she wants to be. And this is what we were talking about with Bert how he was saying, you know, you hurt me. And, you know, like Max is just like, I don't, I don't know how I want to be. Like, this is harder for me. I can't just accept everything right now because I'm not certain. And Carson tells Max about the, the gay bar and how there are these tougher people there. <laughs> and Carson's the same. She's like, I am not one way or the other. I, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly where I belong either. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure... Again, so many relatable things in this episode. I'm sure a lot of um, queer people of every age can relate to this, where they don't know where they fit. They're they're too queer, not queer enough. You know, there's so much pressure being put on everyone to categorize themselves and categorize everything. And let's just stop that. You don't have to box yourself in. Just be your comfortable self and 
Just be pizza. You don't need to. Just be pizza. Pizza Pizza can be many (laughs) things. Be pineapple pizza, be pepperoni pizza, be whatever kind of pizza makes you happy and stop trying to, you know, fit into something. Mm -hmm. This is why here's your Michelle Foucault corner. Okay, I'll, I'll make this brief. But my favorite philosopher slash historian is Michel Foucault. French wrote the groundbreaking book, The History of Sexuality in the 70s. But his whole thing, and I think like the, the temptation of us living in our time and fighting for you know gay rights early on and now queer and trans rights is to claim a stable identity because that's the only way we can get protection, right? Like... Mm-hmm. I have to tell the government or whoever authorities right. that I'm gay in order to fight. Right? And I have to be certain about this identity and I have to have proof of this identity and it has to be this ongoing sort of condition. Mm-hmm. Right? The beautiful thing about humans, though, is that we're never done changing and we don't have to remain in our categories. That we can ebb and flow and that these imposed categories can be just as limiting as, you know, being closeted Mm -hmm. so uh, just a little soapbox corner here that yes what crystal is saying like it's okay to keep changing and it's okay to be experimental and this Mm -hmm. is the beauty of queerness we don't have to Mm -hmm. remain in any kind of group or box yeah yeah that's really beautiful i mean that sincerely that i think a lot of people even in our own community whatever community you want to say that you're a part of are very judgmental, like, oh, mm-hmm. you're with someone now or you're doing this or you identify as this. It's like we're really mm-hmm. tough on ourselves because we're so used to being conformists, even if we're right, right. a different version of a conformist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say the last part of the scene I also thought was was really beautiful was Max tells Carson, and I even bolded this in our notes, there's just no version of myself that makes sense for the world and she tears up and at that time for sure like Mm -hmm. there is no version of herself that makes sense for the world she she almost doesn't stand a chance Mm -hmm. yeah max is really being torn apart i forgot to say this last episode when she showed up at bert's for the first time you know before she took off and got scared but Bert like crossed his arms and was like, look at us, two peas in a pod. Like he like mm-hmm. projected himself onto Max. And of right. course, Max's mom, Tony, projects herself onto Max. Like everyone is pulling Max in a different direction and they're really tearing her apart. And she is trying to find herself, but everyone keeps wanting her to be a certain way. Even Clans, and clearly, who's so good in so many other ways, right? Right, pushing mm-hmm. Gary on her and wanting her to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be this like adorable little straight couple like her and Guy are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. What were you gonna say, Kat? I was gonna say just until you can, until you know what you want, you're never gonna be happy. And Max just doesn't know what she wants. And if she does know what she wants, she doesn't know how to attain it because it isn't actually literally possible. So right. At the final game of the regular season, the Peaches are super nervous. Everyone's doing their little rituals. Maybelle is worried about forgetting a picture of Tommy that she's been <laughs> keeping in her bra. Everybody's just... It's, it's funny because they're like 
policing each other a little bit, making sure right. that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. And eventually Greta just has enough. And she goes, all right, fruits. And explains that they're not winning because of their socks or their panties or because of Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Who didn't deserve Maybelle in the first place. <laughs> Who didn't deserve to be in her bra in the right. first place. Yes. <laughs> important, and I, important detail. She's like, he could die. She's like, and that's his problem, which I love. <laughs> just full, just like he could die. I don't have time for that right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got a baseball game to win. <laughs> and I know that there's more excellent hand acting from Big D here oh, in this as scene. As always. Yeah. She reminds the Peaches that a few weeks earlier, the management wanted to trade the players. Of course, they don't know this. Uh, she's right. breaking the news that Carson told her not to break. So Carson is horrified that this information is being leaked live to the team. <laughs> and she tries to interrupt Greta. And Greta says, is, is this my speech or yours, Shaw? I love bossy yeah. Greta. <laughs> Greta. So she says, we already did the thing that no one thought was possible. We were so goddamn good. They had to keep us together. We already did that. So we did it. Tonight's gravy. Right. So she takes off some of the pressure and they sort of light up. And then she tells them, I don't believe in luck. I believe in us. Oh, Yay. great speech. Mm -hmm. That is a good one. She pulls him out of their panic. <laughs> so on the field at this big, very important game that they have to win. <laughs> Carson, first pitch of the game, Carson gives Lupe the signal. Lupe's like, huh? Gives her a different <laughs> signal. Lupe's like, what? Well. <laughs> Shaking them all off. So, so they got to take a timeout. And the announcer even says, oh, they little miscommunication before the first pitch of the game. And Carson runs up to the mound. <laughs> and Lupe's like, what do you think the bar's going to be like tonight when we win? <laughs> <laughs> I lost it. So it's so funny. Like, Lupe, totally calm, is like, she's thinking about how many girls she's going to get later <laughs> mm -hmm. at the bar. And Carson's like, is this what you called me up here for? Like, this is a big game. And she's like, don't worry about it. We're fucking with them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> also, get the fuck out of my face. It's so playful <laughs> and cute. Bazooka DeLuca comes up. There's signs in the stands for her. She hits a home run. Jess is making awesome catches and throws. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just still crushing it. They are mm -hmm. an awesome team. They're on fire. Maybelle and Shirley are sitting on the bench and Shirley's like, I, this is such a great scene. I, I think we're going to win. I think we're winning. We are actively winning right now. Maybelle's Don't like, Stop! say it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. You don't want to. Don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. Even the, the scorekeeper guy, he's like cheering them on. He's pumping his fist for them. Everyone's a Peaches fan now. And the Peaches win. And that's yeah. it. They're going to the championships. This scene more than any other scene in the show, made me want professional women's baseball so bad. And I don't, mm -hmm. I not softball, baseball. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, you know, no diss to softball. I know a lot of people play it, but I want professional mm -hmm. women's baseball. Same. Oh, it's time. Come on. Women can do it. Let, yes. Why do, why do they have to have like this bigger ball that they can see? They can see the smaller ball. It's the same exact <laughs> thing. Just yeah, yeah. let them just. Yeah. Whatever. All right. So we're back at the Peaches home. We're celebrating. Okay. 
there's a lot going on here visually that's appealing. <laughs> in the background, <laughs> people are like, some of the peaches are dancing in the other room. Sitting down is Joe, um, Carson, Greta, Lupe, and Jess. And they're like, we're going to the bar, Joey, Joey. Mm -hmm. Greta's like, <laughs> with her feet just hitting Joey and just like, oh, stop with the feet. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe. Okay, okay, we're going, we're going. It's decided and everyone's just really pumped. I love it. It's like the pregame uh, drinking before you go out with your friends. I love it. It's so fun. Yeah. And Joey is like skeptical. Sorry. She is. Yeah. She's like, I know we said we'll break the rules, but this is a little too much. Mm -hmm. Foreshadowing. I... Maybelle comes in with a, a magazine in front of her pregnant belly. <laughs> <laughs> and says that uh not just a magazine because then she also has the chair and then jess's body position yes so oh to God. block to block her belly <laughs> and so that uh sd's missing she's always there for mr what is it mr D detective man or whatever we heard that before with the in another game and uh, Jess and uh, Lupe are talking and Greta, Joe and Carson are like, all right, we'll see you at the bar. Bunch of ass slaps here from mm -hmm. Greta. So many butt slaps on Joe. We'll count. We'll count all of them. Later. I did count. I did like a frame by frame. You did. One, two, three, oh, four, five. Yes. Oh my goodness. There yeah. were, so there was one butt slap as they got up and then on the way out yep. there was like a one, two, three, four. <laughs> yep. Okay. I counted them all. <laughs> yep. Amazing. I've never before thought of myself as having a foot fetish, but after all the feet touching Joe by Greta, I may have one. Thank you for your time. Good job, Greta. I mean, anything Greta does, you would be mm -hmm. like, I'm into it. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so Jess, uh, Jess, Jess and Lupe are, are talking about SD, about what's going on. And Greta's like, Jesse, is hey that guys? their like friendship ship name? Maybe. Jesse. <laughs> Greta's like, all right, we'll see you at the bar. The twins are waiting. And then she grabs her boobs, her twins. That, I'm sure that was yeah. improvised. Oh my, yeah, definitely. Thank you, Darcy. Do you also have now a twins, boobs, <laughs> anything? All of the fetishes. Uh, so basically, uh, Jess and Lupe are like, okay, well, let's go look for, let's go look for Esty. So Max is putting on most parts of the suit that Bird gave her and walking over to his party looking sharp in that mustard blouse cat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> blouse with a brooch. <laughs> There's a person behind her who's sort of telling her, you know, come on in, otherwise it's looking suspicious that you're just out here in the dark. Right. And it's inside, we just see this like gorgeous beautiful house celebratory yeah free like mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. a very it's so wonderful like we said to, to see this light uh shined on this community that's so mm -hmm. positive and colorful and music is playing mm -hmm. there's nothing about it that feels wrong yeah and i'm so glad that they are talking about gladys bantley here was this um, 
Harlem Renaissance queer icon. If, if you haven't seen a picture of Gladys Bentley, Google it right now. She was a badass and openly lesbian during this period, 20s, 30s, eventually with McCarthyism and anti-communist and anti-gay um, persecution that intensifies in, in at the mid-century, she would claim to be straight. But in this time, she is <laughs> a star. And so the mm -hmm. fact that they bring her up and play her song is really cute. And we just see all kinds of queer and gender nonconforming people, just like Max, um, or just like Carson Max enters the space through this curtain, which is again is an allusion to Oz. And then two women ask her who she thinks is more beautiful and she gets uncomfortable <laughs> we can again see how max is sort of navigating this new reality she's happy to be here but she also wants to always run away because it just feels overwhelming right and gracie our hero comes to, to the rescue and stops her she's like no 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 you're not <laughs> do you see this hat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a reason not to leave hat. she's got her party hat on yeah you can't leave Right. And she, she says she's going to have a great time tonight with some communion. And, and this is the allusion to her calling her church girl. Early, right. right. You're going to have communion, but you're going to have communion with these a bunch of queers over here. <laughs> it's such a great. I mean, they do this throughout the show, paralleling Max's story and Carson's story. And they're mm -hmm. on this the same journey. And just the way they cut everything in this show it's just so perfect 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 it's these two worlds writing. blend so seamlessly in this mm -hmm. scene like mm -hmm. even the same song is obviously playing for both scenes mm -hmm. but there's they couldn't be more different mm -hmm. yeah uh so back at the gay bar with carson greta and joe now Carson and Greta walk in holding hands, girlfriends, ah, oh, and mm -hmm. Greta looks really happy. You know, she didn't want to come here. She was worried, but she's, she's there now. She feels safe. She sees all these people that are like her. And Carson introduces Greta to Vi and their wife. Joe's looking around and starts playing dirt. Joe has this kind of, it's almost this little sad moment, very brief, but mm -hmm. yes, um, uh -huh. Joe feels like the third wheel. And she goes off to play darts by herself, but it's very quickly okay because mm -hmm. a gorgeous woman comes up to her. <laughs> Joe's gonna be just fine. Yeah, fine. and it's like you're Joe DeLuca, and she's like, "Yes, I." She's so cocky here. Mm -hmm. This woman's like, "I'm Flo. It's short for Florida." And Joe's like, "I almost got eaten by three different species of reptile while I was there." <laughs> <laughs> and this woman says, "Do you want to tell me about it while you beat me at darts?" And Joe says, yes, I do. This is excellent flirting. It's excellent acting, I say yeah. in the notes. This actor uh -huh. convinced me with three lines that she's completely into Joe. It's yeah. so good. It's it so was good. great. It's so happy this, uh, this episode gives you the highest of highs and mm -hmm. then the lowest of lows, but we'll get to that. Thanks, Will. <laughs> <laughs> Back at Bird's party, <laughs> Gladys Bantley is brought up again because um, 
Bert and Gracie met at one of her shows. So we oh, get some I missed cute, that. That's so cute. Yeah, mm. we get some cute prehistory. <gasps> That's like how Cat met people. Concerts. This is the way yeah, to do it. Telling you. Go to music. Very smart. <laughs> Max notices and is distracted by a cute girl who's dancing. We find out later it's Esther. Bert calls Max over to talk. They make this small comment about the trains always passing. Mm-hmm. Of course, again, just a reminder of like segregation. This yeah. is the, the side of the city where black people are allowed to live. And Bert says, you know, it's worth it for the privacy too, for his queer community. Mm-hmm. Bert says that Max hurt him and his pride. Max explains that she's figuring things out and, and she does apologize for her behavior. And then he asks about the suit and why she's not wearing the jacket. And Max explains that she really loves it, but she's going to make her clothing choices on her own, how she wants to wear it. And Bert gets it. He's proud of her. And yeah. Max is staring at the girl again and Bert's like, <laughs> go on. <laughs> yeah. I love this moment. They have a really, really cute moment. So brief, but Bert just touches her hand and says nothing and just gives her this really reassuring look. And like, it felt good to me seeing it. Mm -hmm. Like he accepted her apology and was like, I get it. You're right. Maybe I was pushing myself on you a little too much. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's really great. I love how the suit is such a metaphor for Mm -hmm. Max Mm -hmm. and her coming out. So again, we're still cutting in between uh, the gay bar and Bert's party. Greta and Carson are meeting Vi and her wife. And this Ike and Tina Turner song starts playing and Carson and Greta are dancing. Oh. I, it's just, that's, I didn't, dancing, like, I don't know, just kind of slow dancing, whether you can dance or not mm-hmm. with the person that you love or that you're into is just so... Um, mm-hmm. I just feel so extra sensual, you know, nothing's happening here. They're not, even if they didn't kiss, they do kiss at some point and it's really hot because Greta puts her mm-hmm. finger under Carson's chin to bring her lips up eight inches. <laughs> 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 but it's the softest, most delicate mm-hmm. kiss. And I think it's, it's so sexual because it's very freeing because they feel very comfortable right at this very moment. Yeah. They're in public, but they're in this safe space and the world around them can kind of melt away and they can have this intimate moment that they could never have elsewhere in public. Right. Mm -hmm. And intercut in between uh, the party at Bert's Max introduces herself to Esther and Esther says she knows. And I found it interesting that Esther is so similar to Max and that sort of cocky, you know, when Carson Mm -hmm. was like, oh, that was the best, you know, throw I've ever seen. She's like, I know. Like Esther Uh is uh literally that person, but even more (laughs) sure of herself. (laughs) I hate to say, I, I feel like no one feels good enough for Max because I don't really like Esther. I feel like she's a little too similar to her and she's a little too... Mm cocky but i'll let it go <laughs> we'll i'm glad that you'll let happens. it go yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and those two start dancing and you get the back and forth intercut between the joy of esther 
and Max dancing and Carson and Greta dancing. Oh, gosh. Yeah, this scene is so, so beautiful. Like, it makes you feel, like it really Just, made me feel, it put me at a high, like. Mm-hmm. Such satisfying so storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The v- cut, like, so visual. Like, visually, it's it's perfect. It really lulls you into this space where you're like, everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> The woman that Joe is with, Flo, says to her, I think you're the most beautiful person I've ever seen. And it like makes Joe blush, cocky, like tough Joe. She melts here melts. for this uh-huh. girl. Mm-hmm. And this is something that actually happened to Will Graham. Oh, and that's I think so that's cute. super cute. Yeah. Write what you know. Oh, another flirting 101. Say something like that to a person. You'll. You'll have them in the palm of your hand. It's so cute. Esther actually doesn't tell Max her name. Just mm-hmm. says, you can call me S. <laughs> and Max is like, well, you know my name. And Esther's like, well, that means I'm winning then. <laughs> Competition. Yeah. And everyone's dancing at both the party and the bar. Everyone is having such a beautiful, great night. Carson asks Greta what would happen if she came to California with her. and. Greta's like, well, a lot would happen. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if Greta seemed to really entertain this idea here. Like all her walls have come come Mm -hmm. down right now. She's full. Like she's in this safe space. She's like, gosh, maybe we could have this life together. Mm -hmm. She's living in Oz. (laughs) She's living in that fantasy land right now. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And this is where... Carson and Greta kiss and Esther and Max kiss and it's so sweet. And I just want to pause here because the first time we watched this, it was like, I think probably at this moment where you're watching this and you're so happy. And I think this is exactly where Kat paused and was like, do you think anything bad's going to happen in this show? (laughs) (laughs) And I said... (laughs) I was like, no, I don't think so. I think this show is really joyful, and I think the writers, Abby, <laughs> is so aware of uh, what queer media has typically been like, and that it's always very tragic. Mm-hmm. And I was so confident. I was like, I don't think anything bad's going to happen. And looking back on that now, I think it's really sad that even where you feel so good, we all felt so good. The characters felt so good. We felt good watching it. Kat paused it and was like, wait, Mm -hmm. is something bad going to happen? Like we're so conditioned to like prepare ourselves for the worst. Mm -hmm. And sadly unpause (laughs) Mm -hmm. at the bar, the police slam on the door Vi runs over to the door and blocks it and tells everybody to get out. The police are here and they're, they're busting up this joint and um, it gets really scary. Everyone starts scattering Carson and Joe, or sorry, Carson and Greta run one way. And Greta is so worried about Joe here, mm-hmm. which is really mm-hmm. sweet. She's just like, Joey, Joey, we got to get Joey and mm-hmm. Joey and Flo actually run a different way. And she's so concerned for her friend and just the police slam in. They start like violently just beating on Vi and their wife. It's really, really mm-hmm. sad. Greta and Carson run into the movie theater next door. They sneak in and sit down in seats and 
Greta's crying and just absolutely terrified. It's so, so heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And she says, we never should have gone there. That's, that's the last line spoken by a character in this episode. It just right. snaps you back to reality. We also hear, though, in the background, it's like remixed, there's no place like home, there's no place like home from The Wizard of Oz. And, that's, and then we end with Carson trying to grab or touch Greta's hand mm -hmm. to sort of find some comfort and to comfort her. And the walls are coming right back up. Yeah. And in the extra content, Darcy talks about how generally Greta is really all about Carson's innocence. But in this moment, she is pushing it away because the innocence is what led them to be in this scary situation. Yeah. Also, yeah, there's no place like home. And this episode is called Stealing Home. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like. Oh, interesting. Yeah trying to get what you can mm -hmm. <sighs> that when we watched this the first time again we had already watched like i don't know three episodes like we both were like this is gonna be our last episode for the night we gotta go to bed <laughs> after that ending i was like we can't end there i cannot yeah, go yeah. to bed at that scene it's impossible and on that note that's such a heavy end to the episode it's really sad like I, again i started tearing up here just talking about it no i thought we have this opportunity with our episode let's let's lighten it up before we end our podcast <laughs> do you guys i wanted to know if you guys had any just i don't know a funny or a cute story i susanna kind of already told one <laughs> about her lesbian uh bar hop story <laughs> i have a great one give it to us let's lighten it up i had never gone on a a blind date and a friend of mine was like i'm gonna set you out with a friend of mine we met at some I don't know, some restaurant, whatever. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have red pants on. I was wearing, I remember I was wearing red girl dickies. <laughs> and she sat down and, you know, like I wasn't really getting, you could just, you know, you just sense you have like a little vibe or whatever. But she was staring at me and just like kind of, I feel bad. She was like looking at me like kind of longingly. Uh -huh. And she was like, God, you look like Soleil Moon Fry. And I, I was aghast. I was like, Punky Brewster? <laughs> and I seriously, I was such a dick. I was like, check. Like, I was not into oh it. I like, I, I did it quick. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, girl, I was she's... such a dick. I was such a dick. It, like, huh. that's for many, many, many years. I was a hard to imagine. person to date. <laughs> oh, well, you're great being you married to now. Yeah. Thank you. I have grown. <laughs> Crystal, Punky do you have Brewster? Oh, uh, that poor woman probably thought Punky Brewster was I the know. hottest person in the world <laughs> and was comparing you to her and you rejected it. <laughs> um, uh, hmm. I guess I have kind of a cute story. I once asked a girl out over the radio. <laughs> oh my God. There was a girl that she like was a host of like a college radio station. And I called in to, you know, you could call in to like request a song or whatever. And I asked her out on the radio. <laughs> that is super cute. Yeah. We went out on a date and I didn't, it turns out I didn't really like her that much, but. Oh. <laughs> so both, both of us were just like, nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One time, this is not cute or gay. <laughs> great intro 
but your question made me think of what i jokingly consider the best night of my life which is when i was at a show at toad's place in new haven connecticut oh gosh i know it Mm -hmm. venue and this girl was like dancing in front of like you know we're just standing in front of the stage and she's just like dancing and she starts like dancing up on me Ooh. by the end of the night we just like made out we never exchange a single word and then the best part then i found twenty dollars on the ground <laughs> the best and that's part. my happy like making out <laughs> telling of how story. poor you were too at the time yeah yeah <laughs> i just made out with a girl but that's not as great as finding 20 bucks on the ground some wealthy <laughs> Yale undergrad dropped a 20 and Susanna was right there to pick it up oh that does oh feel my like God. a great night <laughs> uh, oh Whew. see we all feel better now don't we we do yes. mm-hmm. yeah all right do we have a fan art corner I think I'm just going to put the fan art corner to bed mostly because all I'm going to be talking about for the next few episodes until we're done is Leaktober. And I would just suggest, or, you know, if you'd like to check out the hashtag Leaktober, so much great fan artwork Mm -hmm. and content. Awesome. Thanks to Alyssa of the band, the daily fair for composing our peach jam. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And follow us on Twitter at WAAFpod and tell your friends about the show. Here's a review from our UK listener, Top CAC or Top CAC, who writes, Better up, folks. Just when you're starting to pine for more A League of Their Own content from Amazon Prime, along comes this delightful podcast to cast your mind back through the episodes with baseball factoids, episode recaps, and an interesting introduction to statistics a la Greta Gill, please do give it a listen and enjoy. (laughs) If you would like to hear your review featured on the show, please write us a few lines on Apple Podcasts. And if you would like to wear, write on, sleep with, or drink out of We Are All Fruit merch, visit our Tea Public store and pick up a shirt, a notebook, a pillow, or a mug. See you next week for a recap of Episode 7, and thank you for being our team. (laughs) 